Happy early Halloween to you and your beautiful families. You're listening to Wager Rager. This is D-Nice. Hope that you are preparing accordingly for Halloween coming up. I know that it is one of my least favorite holidays of the year. There's just kids running around everywhere. I was actually in the grocery store tonight. I feel like I start off a lot of these podcasts by saying that I was at the grocery store. That's because I go in and I never get enough things. My wife and I go into the grocery store, usually on the weekends, and it's before an Eagles game or before football kicks off and just all hell is breaking loose. We haven't learned our lesson to go you know, after work or something like that. I'll go after work, but it's for things that I forgot to get on the weekend. But went into the grocery store tonight, a local establishment called Wegmans, those on the East Coast, particularly Pennsylvania and New Jersey. I think I have them in Jersey, right? Yeah, they have them in Jersey. Uh, Went into Wegmans, and apparently they they had some sort of kids haunted house or kids, I don't know what the fuck it was, but there were just kids everywhere yelling, running around. Uh, the parents just looked like they wanted to walk into, run into traffic twice. And it was just quite the scene. I don't know when Halloween started becoming more than just a one night thing. When I was a youngster, it was Halloween. The night before was Mischief Night. So you got everything. Do you guys remember Mischief Night? <laughs> just just soaping windows. Apparently the, the older clan, like my parents, used to talk about people soaping windows I don't know why it's soap windows. We did more than soap windows. I mean, we, we were just out there we were throwing eggs, throwing pumpkins, everything like that. But that was mischief night. That came the night before Halloween, and then there was Halloween night. Now you've got all these Halloween parties. you got this bullshit in grocery stores. Anyways, Halloween is upon us. Hope you guys had a good NFL Week 8. We'll recap Week 8 here. I'm about a day delinquent from when I wanted to record this. Getting into a groove here as we're getting Wager Rager started, up and going. Was buying pumpkins last night and doing, you know, the Halloween preparatory stuff. My least favorite holiday of the year. So we'll get into the Week 8 recap. I want to touch on the World Series real quick. World Series Game 6 is actually going on right now between the Astros and the Nationals. I made some proclamations already on that series, and we'll see how it turns out. And then I want to get into the Week 9 lines. The Week 9 lines have been posted for a couple nights now. Some of them have moved a little bit. I'll give you my early leans on that. So without further ado, let's get into NFL Week 8. It was, in fact, a winning week by the count of it. I should have tallied this up and actually, you know, calculated all of these numbers already by the count of it it looks like seven three and one on the week i'm going to deduct that and knock that down to seven and four and that's where we'll start off i don't like starting off with losses but the one push for me which i was actually shocked i thought that i had over 51 and a half on the texans and raiders game i actually had over under 51 final score 27 24 That game looked to be cruising over, and I'd say midway through the second quarter all the way through late third quarter, then things kind of slowed down. There were some penalties. Deshaun Watson is legit, but that ended up pushing for me. That was a recommendation that I gave on the podcast. That did lose if you had the 51.5 on the hook there. I also gave out Houston team total over. The team total over was anywhere between 28.5 and 30. I lost on that. Final score, 27-24. So what I'll say about Houston is that they have a very dynamic quarterback. And everything other than that is really not that good. The coach, not that good. Bill O'Brien, not that good. 
They love running the ball when they shouldn't run the ball. And that's why I'm looking to potentially fade them here in week nine. So a couple losses there to start out. A win for you, Eagles money line. It was the third weekend in a row that I went with Eagles money line. Uh, Some may call me a homer. I think I was more of a value hunter in this case. Eagles played very well in this game. Final score 31-13. The final score is actually a little bit more distorted than what the box score will tell you. The box score will tell you that the Eagles did outperform the Bills, but it was a little bit closer than you might think. Yards per play for the Eagles 5.5 to Buffalo's 4.4. The weather was total crap. It was windy. It was rainy. It was 48 degrees. I don't even know how any of these kickers got down any sort of field goals. So that was a win there for you, Eagles. I'll get into them a little bit more later on this week. They have a spot coming up against the Bears here in Week 9, but I think I have some futures plays in mind for the Eagles, and I want to get into their schedule, and I want to get into some playoff predictions. The Eagles are a very intriguing team to me, not just because I live outside of Philly, not just because I've been a lifelong Eagles fan. They're one of the most intriguing teams in the NFL. At 4-4, four and four, I think that they are... Um, an extremely valuable 4-4 four and four in terms of futures, an extremely interesting team. Teaser of the week, which I'm still looking for a teaser name of the week. We had, um, what, Touch Me Teaser, Titillating Teaser, The Tickler. Teaser of the week one, Pats, Vikings, Rams, 10-point tease, that one. Rams minus 12.5, that one did in fact win. Also, if you hear any spray noises right now, that is because my cat, the cat that I've talked about in previous podcasts, the one that is on those anti-anxiety meds, yes, he can't stand what I'm talking and he squeals at me. So if you hear me do anything, you know, spray anything, that's because I am spraying my cat, Theo. Rams, 12 and a half. They covered that. 24-10 final score. I did expect more points in this game. If you look at the box score, Looks like the Rams just toyed with the Bengals, and at times they did. Yards per play for the Rams, it was up over 10 at one point in this game. They finished at 8.2 yards per play. They moved the ball pretty well, 470 total yards. First downs, 19. They actually allowed the Cincinnati Bengals to move the ball a little bit. Cincinnati had 24 first downs. Um, The Rams are a team that will be fighting for one of those last playoff spots. I cannot see them making the, not making the playoffs, but I can't see them getting the number one overall seed anymore because they have the Niners in their division. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that they're not going to win the NFC West, even though they still have some matchups remaining with them. So Rams did cover that game, actually got a little bit close in the end. They had a 24-10 lead and had a goal line stand. A 24-17 loss would have had me pretty upset, actually. That that would have fucking sucked if they didn't cover the spread against the Browns, the Bengals, you know, the same same color, Browns, Bengals, Bengals. Um, that would have had me pretty upset. Jaguars and Jets, under 41.5. That was one of my worst calls of the week. That did not hit. Lesson learned here after taking the Jets plus 10 last week also. Don't bet on the Jets anymore. Lev Bell, over 70.5 rush yards. Again, don't bet on the Jets. I think I'm done with the Jets for the rest of this year. 
They had that one game that occurred while I was still on vacation in South Africa. They had that one game where they beat the Cowboys. I was looking at their stats, breaking it down and saying, you know what, Darnold's back. This team, you know, their their record sucks, but do they have a shot to actually climb back into this? I mean, they have some favorable matchups. No, they fell fucking flat on their face. David Montgomery, over 50 and a half rush yards. That one hit. That was an easy, easy play. Chargers running defense sucks. Bears were talking about how they wanted to set up the run and run the ball more. They did. They did it with success, a lot of success. Montgomery went over the century mark, but they lost another game. I don't know how the Bears keep doing this. They are definitely not going to make the playoffs. And if they lose at the Eagles this week, which you would expect them to with a 5.5, 5.5-point spread, uh, their season is done, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Chicago. Titans minus 2.5, that was a win. That was an interesting game. I'm not going to go through the box score, but Winston always good for turnovers. Tampa did move the ball when they had to move the ball, and then there was a weird play at the end of the game that did not go Tampa's way in terms of the call with the, uh, was it a blocked field goal or blocked punt there? Blocked special teams play. You know, it's late on a Tuesday. You know, you're trying to remember what happened when. I can't remember what the hell happened two hours ago, let alone two days ago, but... The Titans did end up covering that spread. Was happy to see that. I also had a Seahawks and Texans six-point T. Seahawks, I'm not going to say they cruised the win. They were up 24-0 at halftime, and I don't know if they felt bad for Dan Quinn, but they let them seep and creep back into that game. 27-20 final, and the Texans came from behind to win that game. Am I missing anything else from my card? Yes, I am. And this is a game that I want to, you know, hence the name Wager Rager, go off on a rage a little bit about. Last play of the week that I had, and this was a late ad, Chiefs first half plus three. At some point, I would like to come up with a way to get people my plays, besides just listing my plays on Saturday, because there are a lot of plays that I come up with late in the day, Saturday, early in the day, Sunday, and throughout the day, Sunday. So as this evolves, as we set up maybe a group chat or a Slack chat, I could be a normal person to use social media, tweet that out. I created a Wager Rager account, but I really need to get that set up before I list the names or list the Twitter handle of that. I will find a way to do that, but this was a late play. Chiefs first half plus three. My thinking there was that selling the selling on Patrick Mahomes and the selling on the Chiefs, the selling on Patrick Mahomes not being in the game <clears throat> got a little bit out of hand. And the Packers... While very impressive, and, and Aaron Rodgers in, impressed me to a whole new level on Sunday night with that one play and just his overall play in general. My whole point and my whole thinking here was that the Chiefs were going to be creative. Andy Reid would be creative coming out of the gate. And in fact, they were. They were very creative as they came out of the gate. They went down 14 nothing, so the creativity took a little while to come to fruition. And the 17-14 Chiefs lead at halftime was something that was great because I hit my bet, right? So that got me to 7-3-1. and 7-4 and four for record keeping since I did, you know, 51.5 lost instead of that, that 51 on that Texans game. Something I want to get into real quick, though. This Packers-Chiefs game. It was late on Sunday night. Chiefs are down. Chiefs are down 31-24. Chiefs had moved the ball pretty well in this game. Looking at the box score right here, was it 5.6 yards per play? 5.6 to 5.8. It was such an even box score. 
Andy Reid actually held his own with more quarterback, which is something that I expected. Did I expect them to put up 24 points? Probably not. I thought it would be a little bit lower scoring. But late in the game, the Chiefs had a fourth and three on the, what yard line was this here? The Packers 48. So they were at midfield. So they were at midfield. And they chose to punt on a fourth and three with five minutes left in the game. Down 31-24, they opted, they opted to punt the ball to Aaron Rodgers. Give the ball back. Down 31-24 at home on a fourth and three. What the fuck? Like, why, why would you possibly do this? Is that the way that Andy Reid really wants to go down right here? And, spoiler alert, the Chiefs didn't get the ball back again. They didn't get the ball back at all. From that point, from that point, we have Aaron Jones up the middle for six yards. Aaron Jones up the middle for two yards. Shotgun, Aaron Jones, four yards. Aaron Jones, nine yards. They just ran the ball. Aaron Jones, five yards. They just ran, 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 ran. And they ran the clock out. And Andy Reid is sitting there over there saying, oh, shit, you know what? I shouldn't have punted. They did pin them on the two-yard line, two, three-yard line on that punt. But that's besides the point. You have an opportunity there to go for the jugular. If you score, and the Chiefs were moving the ball just fine. 24 points in the game. Matt Moore wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't doing anything bad. I mean, yeah, no, he's not Showtime Mahomes, but that's not what we expected. Extend that drive. If you miss it on fourth and three, then fuck it, you went for it. I'm willing to bet that they would have gone it, seeing as how they were moving the ball pretty well. The Packers' defense has not impressed now for about a month. They started out pretty red hot. They started out looking like they were top five defense. Then Carson Wentz and the Eagles got to him on that Thursday night game, and it hasn't been the same since. So the Chiefs now fall to five and three. The Chiefs now fall to a spot where they're not going to contend. They're definitely not going to contend for home field advantage. They can get that two seed, but guess what? The Ravens are right there too. And if I had to bet right now, and I'll go through schedules, I'll go through rankings, I'll go through all of this. I would bet that the Ravens get that two seed. I know that we have a Patriots-Ravens game coming up here. But that's just one of those situations that if you really want to put and light any fire under the New England Patriots, and the Patriots, I know they won again. I know they're undefeated. I know they might not lose. Some people think that they might not lose. I'm, I'm actually going the other way. I think they lose one of these next two games on their schedule either to the Ravens, this Sunday night game, which is actually going to be one of the colder night games that we've seen so far this year. I guess it's that time of year, though. It is early November, or it's going to be early November after we get through this shitty Halloween holiday, right? So it's just one of those spots where the Patriots didn't look great on Sunday. I mean, their, their defense might be one of the best defenses that we've seen in 10 years, but the offense has... Some some question marks. It's sputtering. They no longer have Josh Gordon. They no longer have Antonio Brown, even though he was only there for a week. But this this offense looked like a world beater in week one, week two. Now all of a sudden they're losing players. The running game doesn't look as good. Brady is arm strength. There's some question marks on that. If you wanted to light any fire underneath the fucking Patriots, you needed to really go for it on fourth and three there. Get yourself, try to get yourself to six and two. They play the Patriots late in the year. Who knows what could happen? The Patriots could drop a couple games. Jesus Christ. So that I was not happy about. I was happy about the Chiefs first half plus three. But 
Come on, Andy Reid. If this is a playoff game, are you doing that there? I would hope not. I would really hope not. So that's the week eight card winning week. Let's roll this over into week nine. Before we get into week nine, quick World Series update. As it stands right now, let me turn around here. 3-2 Nationals in the top of the seventh inning. I know that I was talking about on the last recording that I had some Houston Astros futures tickets and then I took the Nationals then to win the series. What was the line? Minus 130 or something like that on Saturday morning. The Nationals went ahead and lost all three fucking games in D.C., they went, yeah, they, they went from going up 2-0 on the road to actually losing three in a row. Scherzer pulled his groin, pulled his dick, pulled his, his neck or something on Sunday morning, wasn't able to go on Sunday night, and uh, yeah, they, they got swept out of D.C. Not, not swept out of the series, they're, they're still going, but what I want to say is that I bet on the National Series price twice this weekend. I bet on it on Saturday morning, and then I bet on it again on Sunday morning. So that, that Astros exposure that I had, was it two units to win 4.2? I went the entire other way now. And I now need the Nationals to win the series. If they don't, I'm going to lose less than a unit. But it's just, it's one of those things. Um, I'm not going to get really into baseball right now since the season's done. That'll be something that we figure out how to do and, and what to do. I, I had some MLB success in the middle of this season. But that's one of those things, when you have a futures play that you like, sometimes you just roll with it. The Nationals looked really good, though, didn't they? The Nationals looked damn good. And uh, they, they, just couldn't, they just couldn't do anything on the weekend. They couldn't hit. It's, it's like their bats fell apart. Their bats fell asleep. They're in D.C. Trump went to the game. Crowd fucking booed him. That was the highlight of the D.C. weekend for D.C. fans. Booing Donald Trump at a game. So that's, that's not great for them, but go Nats. I have a, a friend who lives in England who is pretty close to the Lerner son. What the hell is his name? John Lerner. The son, the son, my, <laughs> the son, my other friend actually calls, uh, he called him Wonder Years Boy because he, <laughs> my one friend's like six foot eight and he, he loves just drinking. I mean, we all enjoy drinking, right? But um, he thought that the, the Lerner son and the Lerner family owns the Washington Nationals. And my friend from England, I'm, I'm saying, knows the, the son of the Lerners, the son of the bitch, son of bitch. And um, he looked like, he may still look like the guy from Wonder Years. So my buddy, and I'm not going to say names on this. Some of my friends might be okay with names. Other people might not be okay with names. Who knows who's listening? Who knows if, you know, the, the 20, 40 listeners right now actually expands to more than that in the future. Um, he, he just thought that, that he looked like Wonder Years. So for an entire night, he just called him Wonder Years. And I don't think the learner child liked that very much. And if the Nationals lose four in a row... The Learner Child is not going to like that either. Hopefully you can watch some Wonder Years episodes. They have more money than God, so I don't think they're they're really too concerned about that, though. All right, let's get into Week 9 point spreads. My goal for each and every podcast is to give you at least one bet. Later on in the week, as I'm breaking down my almost final card for Week 9, 
And I know that after I, I do that podcast, which is going to be on Saturday mornings, that's the goal. Do that on Saturday, publish that. There may be some some bets that I make after the fact. Similar to this past week, I recorded the podcast, I gave out some bets. There are many things that came to fruition after the fact, and, and then I bet them. Um, the goal is to give you at least one bet. So I think I have a couple ideas looking at this early card. There looks to be a lot of teaser spots on this card, to be honest with you. And I know that I promised a podcast going through what we call Wong Teasers. I'll spend a good 10 minutes going through Wong Teasers. And this, not right now, because I want this, I want all of the recordings to be 30 minutes or less. I went to 39 minutes last time. I want all of them to be a half an hour or less. So we're going to get through this in less than 10 minutes. But I'll take 10, 15 minutes and go through basic strategy of Wong Teasers. Let me pull up these week nine lines here. I'm actually shocked that I haven't had to spray my cat yet. He's such a such a bastard. Sim, oh, did you just hear him there? Shut shut up. He's he's staring at me like he's in trouble. You you are in trouble. There may be a time when I do a podcast where there are no animal noises, but I can't promise you that. So wager rager, animal rager, all that good shit. Niners at Arizona Cardinals. Point spread. God, this opened at six and a half. It's now up to 10. 10, 10 and a half at places over under 42 and a half. I can see why this was bet up. I can definitely see why this was bet up. This, this Niners front four. And I didn't see it early on in the season. Nobody really expected the Niners to be that good. And then I was on a two, two and a half week long vacation. Didn't see the Niners play until recently. That front four is legit. Their adjusted sack rate is something absurd. I'm pulling this up right now. 12.2%. That's good for first in the NFL. 12.2% is just absurd. They're at a point where they just rush their front four. They don't need to blitz. And they don't need to blitz at all. And they're just manhandling their opponents. So I'm not sure that I'm going to have a play on that. You could tease that. I mean, that's just asking for a 10-point tease, right? So touch me teaser of the week. Touch me teaser is always going to be 10-point teases. It's not plus EV. I I mean, I know I've said that a a few times now. But 10-point teases are just so much damn fun. Houston and Jacksonville. Houston and Jacksonville, this is the London game. Jacksonville's second home. It's at a pick. It's more than a pick. It's now minus one and a half. This spread actually is all over the board. It ranges from minus two to a pick for Houston. This is something, this is an early lean of mine, and the over-under, I should mention, is at 47. Early lean here, Jacksonville. Jacksonville defense is pretty good. And by pretty good, I mean that their pass defense is a top five pass defense in the NFL. The one bet that I want to give you right now, the the lean, of course, is on the Jaguars. The one bet that I want to give you right now, and there's no number out there right now, but what we need to look for is Deshaun Watson rushing yards, that prop. And we're going to see what that is on Sunday morning. Some, Some books may post this on Saturday evening. If it's there on Saturday evening... Take a look at it. I'll narrow down and, and tell you exactly what number I would take later on in the week in another podcast. But I think what's going to happen here is that this Jacksonville secondary is going to lock down to Sean Watson's options, and he's going to have to scramble a little bit. <clears throat> I do like the Jags, and that's not an official play yet, but that's just a lean. 
Washington Buffalo. Who the hell is going to watch that game? Buffalo, nine and a half point favorite over under 36 and a half, 37. I mean, dude, like I could go to a, a fucking Friday night football game, high school football game, and probably be more entertained. I have no opinion on this game right now. I, I really don't have any opinion on this game. <laughs> Minnesota, Kansas City, really off the board in all locations. Showtime, Mahomes, will he be back? Will he not be back? Um, this is NKC. I'll tell you what, if KC drops to 5-4, and four, they better count their blessings and count the blessings that the Oakland Raiders did not win last weekend and that they, uh, I'm not going to say that they choked that win away and choked that game away against the Texans, but they should be thankful because 5-4 and four is not where KC fans wanted them to be. I know that they have a Mahomes injury, but that's, that's not good. Jets against Miami. Didn't we just see this game like three weeks ago? Jets and Miami. Is there a worst? <laughs> so here's a question. Is there a worse divisional matchup than Jets-Miami? There's some bad divisional matchups. Like I can think of Niners-Cardinals for probably five years or so. It was pretty damn boring. Bengals-Browns has been a bad one and actually still is a bad one. Those two teams have combined for, what, two wins. Jets and Miami is just one of those that it's like, dude, what? All right. Over under 41, Jets favored by three points right now. Looks like in Miami. Are the Jets finally going to get right? I don't I don't know. This might be one of the worst 1 o'clock slates I've seen in a while. Here we go, finally. Bears and Eagles. Eagles look to be, this line opened at five. I'm seeing four and a half, four and a half, five, five at William Hill, four and a half at Jazz Sports. I'll tell a story about Jazz Sports at some point in time. Over under 43. Me personally, no opinion yet on this game. I do have opinions on the Eagles for the rest of the season. I'll get into that later in the week. Uh, this is a big game for the Eagles as they're going into their bye. The Bears, I think you can write them off, even if they get right here. I don't think they're going to do anything. Colts at Pittsburgh. This is a very intriguing matchup. This is all over the board right now. I'm seeing a pick at five dimes. I'm seeing Pittsburgh favored by one at William Hill. Pick at DraftKings. This open at Pittsburgh minus one. This is a very, very interesting matchup. No opinion on this one right now. Um, The Colts were a team that I avoided. A lot of people like the Colts in week eight. I was looking at the numbers. I dug into the numbers a little bit more Saturday, a lot more Sunday morning. And I actually like Denver Moneyline more than anything. If I had to, I think I actually said that on that last podcast. And, and it almost, almost came to reality, that Denver Moneyline. The Colts kind of got lucky there. I, I think that the Colts are one of these zigzag teams, as I call them. I think that their trading range, and we'll talk more and more about trading ranges. I think this is a D-nice term. Their trading range was high. I think that they've got set back down a little bit now. This game should be a pick in my eyes, and it is a pick. Tennessee at Carolina. Boy, did Carolina get smoked. I really like Carolina at plus six. I didn't bet it. It was one of my like last three off. You know how there's like the, the final four, not the final four, the NCAA tournament where you have 64 teams? That Carolina game, that Carolina plus six was probably the last two out in terms of my weekly card. I try to do about 10 plays a week, max, six at the minimum, unless I really don't like anything. That was one of those last out, and I'm (laughs) I'm sure fucking glad it was. Carolina got smoked. 
And what is their identity right now? Their identity was shaping up to be, okay, their defense looks good. They can get by without Cam Newton. Can they? Four-point favorites against Tennessee. Over under 41.5. I think Tennessee is trading high right now. I'm going to think that, sorry for just sniffing into the, uh, into the microphone there. It's that time of year. It's Halloween. That shitty time of year when the allergies can get the best of you, right? Detroit at Oakland. Oakland, two-point favorites, one-point favorite at five dimes. Detroit's a team that I'm going to talk a little bit about more on the next podcast. I like what they're doing early in the game. I like what Detroit's doing in the first quarter. I don't like how they're handling things late in the game. Matthew Stafford is a stud. Matthew Stafford, by all metrics right now, top five quarterback. The Lions could be better, and you could argue should be better than what the record is right now. Kind of got screwed on a game that I wasn't able to see a few weeks back. Detroit, and was that at Green Bay? Got screwed in that 23-22 final. That's another tough game. This is a tough card. Tampa Bay, six-point dog on the road at Seattle. Seattle looking at a six at Bet365. Has anybody used Bet365? Is that even legal? Uh, Bet online, six-point favorite, over under 51.5. I lean over on this. I want to check the forecast on that, though. Both secondaries are not good, and I think that plenty of points should be scored in this game. Winston's probably good for a pick six. Russell Wilson continues to trend in the right direction in terms of MVP. Next podcast, we'll get into some playoff predictions, MVP odds. There are some books that offer odds on quarterback for most passing yards, so I want to look at some numbers on that, most receiving yards. I know I've said it before, but the one book that I noticed offers all of these is Parks Casino here in Pennsylvania. There there has to be some other ones. Bovada, while that can be kind of a, a shitty book at times, they are likely to offer this as well. Cleveland three-point favorites now against the Joe flacco list Denver Broncos in Denver over under 39. Tough one there. Cleveland, in terms of a training range, I think that they're at the bottom of it. I want to take a look at these matchups a little bit more. Denver almost had that win last week. Denver is better than the record. Denver is better than the record. Are they two and five or one and six? They're better than their shitty record, but they keep trading players away. Joe Flacco's done. I don't think he's coming back to the Broncos and maybe even in the league. Good game here. Green Bay at Chargers. Green Bay three-point favorites at the Chargers. We know the Chargers don't have a home field advantage. We know the Chargers have never had a home field advantage in that little shitty stadium of theirs. And speaking of home field advantage, I wanted to get you guys a stat. So far on the year, road teams, road teams straight up so far this year, 62-55-1 against the spread, 72-43-3. That whole thing of me saying that home field advantage is out the window right now, yeah, no shit it is. 72-43-3 last week, I believe it was 8-5. and five. Let me type in week eight. You probably hear me typing in the background here. Last week, eight and five. Okay, eight, five, and one, 61.5%. Each and every week, home field advantage is going out the window. Will this will this swing around as the weather changes, as the intensity of these games change? My thought is yes, but this is this is real. I mean, if you're just taking every road team, you're up big right now in the NFL. Like no other handicapping, just blindly bet the road team. I'm not saying to do that because that will reverse. 
And I'll take a look at what happened last year too, because I'm thinking that this is this is probably the first time in, in quite some time. And I'm actually on a site. If you guys want to play around with the site, I like giving out site recommendation names. Killersports.com. There's a query database and it's completely free and you can pull up any and every box score in the history of, I think all sports has got NFL, WNBA, <laughs> WNBA, CFL is on here, the, and the NHL, NCAA basketball, SDQL is a query language. If you ask me, it seems pretty easy to use overall. I would like to attribute some of my success with my baseball betting to learning this in the summertime when there was nothing else to do besides bet on baseball, like literally nothing else to do. There was no Olympics, no World Cup, some women's World Cup, but nothing else to do. So I learned this query language a little bit. If you guys want the link uh, to the site, actually, you can just type in killersports.com if you know how to use the internet. Have you heard of the internet? It's a pretty cool thing, but yeah, look that up and uh, you can see what's going on in in the NFL and that's uh, road teams are taking care of business. So I think we've covered everything here that I want to get to. We're a little bit over 30 minutes right now. I thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, good. It's only going to get better. We have some more equipment coming and by equipment, I mean a microphone that doesn't suck. I had a microphone before that I didn't really like, didn't really utilize. We have a microphone coming. We have some nice little software that I can use for editing. Not big on editing. I just kind of talk, and if something sucks, then uh, it sucks. And, you know, just got to deal with it. Tough shit. If you like the podcast, please give us five stars on Apple. Apple somehow cleared us. We're on Apple. Five stars there. If you didn't like the podcast, I would say do four stars. If you really want to do one star, maybe instead of doing one star, send it to someone that you don't like. Whether it's an old boss, um, an old fling, an old girlfriend, old boyfriend, a pet sitter that you don't like. Instead of doing one stars, just just maybe give it four or five and then send it to waste their time. So do that. It's on Spotify as well. Follow there. Not sure if you can do rankings on Spotify. Should really up my social media game. And if you'd like to email me, feel free to do so. If you have any ideas, any recommendations, suggestions, qualms, issues, any of that shit, dnicepod, dnicepod at gmail.com. I set that really creative email account up before naming Wager Rager, before naming the podcast. So feel free to send that. Again, POD does not stand for penis of the day. If you send any pictures of your private parts, I will delete that at once, I will block you at once, and I will report you to the authorities. So don't send any dick pics to that email address. If you follow along with Nat Series Price, we're not dead yet. Go Nats. 5-2 Nationals right now. By the time you listen to this, the game is going to be done. So hopefully the Nats force the Game 7, but 5-2, Top 8. Go Nats. Go Nats Series Price. Go Learner Family. Go Wonder Years Boy, as my friend calls him. You've listened to Wager Rager. This is D-Nice signing out. We'll talk to you soon.